Hey now, hey now, now The seamless corrosion Hey now, hey now, now a seamless corrosion to me. Hey now, hey now, now. A seamless corrosion to me. Oh, hey, Doc. Come on in. Grab a mic. Edmund, what exactly are you doing? We're singing to celebrate World Gothic. Come on in. But you're listening to this corrosion. Yeah. True classic of the goth scene. Well, yes, I suppose, but... Aren't you sick of it? How could anybody ever get sick of this? It's so good. Hey, now, now. Nobody is debating that, but it's nearly 30 years old. And I've heard it hundreds of times. And there was so much good music from its era. And since, the crucible of memory has distilled music history down to a small handful of songs that have become... Uh, what is the expression? Overplayed beyond belief. Yeah, well, we're not all as old as you, Doc. Not everybody remembers the days when the Gothasaurs roamed the plains. Because, you know, you're old and there's obviously sad dinosaurs. Ah, Edwin, once again your hazel bit is matched only by a terrible smell. But there must be a way. To bring the music I love to the modern era. Eureka! I have it! I will build a portal back to the 1980s! Time travel? You're gonna build a time travel device? That, that's feasible? How long is that gonna take? Probably not as long as the end of this song. But by my calculations, if I assist on the map, a couple of hours tops. You're, you're serious? A couple of hours to crack the holy grail of temporal displacement. I'll believe that when I see it. Just leave it to us, monkey boy. Oh, this is going to cost me. Well, in the meantime, could you maybe enlighten us on the state of ancient music using my favorite time travel device? Records? Yeah, records. What did you think this was all leading to? Internet porn? Actually, come to think of it, that's also a great way to get a blast from the past. That didn't seem so awful in my head. Well, anyway, take what you need from the station library. Yavol. Mine don't coughed. Echo, you'll start assembling the interocitor. The time has come to play some classic music. I plan to keep it dark and to keep it to music that is underappreciated in the modern day. I will school this simpleton in the veils of the 1980s. Are you ready, Edwin? Very well. Pull the string! Pull the string! I... What string? Just start the record player.
On watch you just listen to those dark rooms from the single of the same name by the artist Da, which was out of Chicago in 1981. Has somewhat of a Susie on the Banshees flair to it. Very good stuff. Before that was Cast Product with Never Come Back from the album Try Out from 1982. And that song features the line, every day is Halloween. And that was two years before Ministry ever coined it. And yet, for some reason, we always remember it as Ministry's quote. I don't understand why that is. Again, the crucible of memory has distilled uh, this past down to a very, very strange brew. Yes, unfortunate. And Cindy Talk started that set off with the ghost as Never Smiles from the album Camouflage Heart. And they were from Edinburgh in the United Kingdom. And that disc was from 1984. So I think the first thing that we all need to understand is that when you go back to a certain point, the term God's music doesn't have much meaning. Not that it really has much meaning now either, but if you go back far enough, you won't find any musician who was laboring under that definition. Well, that's probably a good thing. Music was exploding in a thousand different directions because of a number of factors. The surge of democratic energy that punk infused into music was one of them. Uh, the lower price point and greater acceptance of technologies, uh, like tape looping, synths, sequencing. And on top of all of that, there was a rush of mainstream attention on these newer forms of music that weren't as rooted in the cheerful pop, rock, or disco of the previous decade. So you had a time when literally anything was possible and you had thousands of people exploring every avenue by taking very different styles of sounds and mashing them together whole new art forms were being created you also had technology making the world smaller each day and sounds from different cultures were being appropriated this exciting results. The most important thing to keep in mind is that uh, production and experimentation was much more organic than defined and regulated in this era, basically because of the fact that no rules had been created yet as to what musicians had to adhere to in order to be part of some cultural style.
What you just listened to was a French model turned chanteuse named Ronnie, and the single was To Have and Have Not. This track was called exactly the same thing from 1982. And there's production credits on that album from members of Data, Metro, Visage, and Ultravox, some very big names, including Peter Godwin and Midge Earl. It's an incredible track. If you have never seen the video for it, you might want to check out YouTube. Great stuff. Asylum Party before that with Le Nuit from uh, the album Borderline from 1989. And they were from France. And Pink Turns Blue from my own native Germany before that with Your Master is Calling from the album Meta, and you can see a very heavy punk influence in that album, even though it's from 1988. Some kind of Killing Joke-esque sounds in there, but uh, yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Very dark, very moody, but also very angry, I suppose one might say. So I do hope you are enjoying these selections, and as you can see, there was a lot going on in various post-punk styles, as well as in cold wave and experimental forms of music. A huge chunk of these sounds would all eventually fall under the banner of goths, because they were darker, generally non-traditionally formed. 
But you have to remember through tonight's exploration that music is fluidic and it doesn't like to conform to genre definitions. Uh, there are always artists who are operating at the borders of whatever definitions you impose on music. And uh, attempts to classify music stylistically are always open to interpretation. Places where one person wants to draw definitions are often stepped over with utter disregard by somebody else. Uh, the world is an elephant discovered by blind men. And while there was a lot going on in synth-pop and pop music near the end of the decade, especially the mid to late 80s, there was also a kind of dark mirror going on in synth-pop as well, and a genre which was classified as being very happy, very flighty, very sugary, also had some darkness in it as well.
That was just heute with Spiel mit mir uh, from uh, an album released in 2010, but the material is all from a 1984 demo uh, from a studio in Stuttgart. But much of this material was unavailable for a long time. Uh, Oppenheimer analysis before that with the Devil's Dancers from the album New Mexico from 1982. And Carmody started that set off with Space Invaders from A Better Spider, which was released in 2009. Uh, they're from Italy, but uh, once again, these tracks were recorded between 1981 and 1985. And it is a compilation of material which was only available on cassette tapes for a very, very long time. So with modern technology, a lot of old music is coming to our future. Yes, great stuff. Well, that was really interesting, I guess, if you like dusty old dance halls. On what? You could do better. Oh, could I ever. Things got a lot more theatrical in the 90s, the era when I started DJing. I mean, obviously things were stylistic in the 80s. Glam and punk remnants melded, mutated into Batcave fashions, new romantic, new wave, hosts of other styles. But the 90s is really when goth came into its own. Because it was a second generation of resurgence. And people saw the previous incarnation through a heavily filtered lens. And lenses have a tendency to focus things. So instead of seeing a larger picture, the people in this next generation looked back and emulated what was going on before them. Distilled somewhat. So while, say, Bauhaus wasn't calling themselves a goth band when they were together... By the mid-1990s, they were the ultimate goth band because they had songs like Bela Lugosi's Dead. But they also had Fear of Fear or their third uncle cover or Watch That Grandad Go, which were happy, kind of poppy tracks, maybe with even a little bit of ska influence. They weren't trying to be morose in their day. They were just making a bunch of crazy music that interested them. It's just that Bella Lugosi's Dead was what endured because it was kind of extreme, I suppose. But the same thing about Bauhaus being interested in just a whole pile of different things couldn't really be said for their followers in the 1990s. They were trying to be morose and doing a damn fine job of it, too. They were wearing the translucent black apes, and their victims had been bled, quite literally in some extreme cases. And that's great. Dressing up and being dramatic is a wonderful thing. It certainly draws a lot of young blood, no pun intended, into the fold. And with technology like Usenet's goth groups, that, that movement picked up a lot of steam. And that's great, right? Well, yes and no. More on that when we return.
So that's from 1989, but you can clearly hear the influence that 90s goth took from it. A lot of 90s goth is rooted in that sort of sound. Uh, That was Temper Temper with The Switch from the single of the same name. They're out of the UK. Again, 1989. Before that was Ancient Tales from 1994 out of Spain with The Ritual, again from a single of the same name. And Midnight Call started that set off from 1992 with the C uh, from the single The Sea Slash Sunshine. So a lot of self-titled tracks there. All right, so the goth scene is exploding, turning into one of the most popular scenes there is. It's the late 90s, and suddenly problems start to appear. See, even though it was a music scene, it was becoming less about the music and more about adhering to this ever-expanding set of arbitrary rules that governed it. Goth drew a lot of culture ground from punk, and in punk, authenticity was, was absolutely everything. Cultural meter of punk was firmly rooted in how much you knew about the music and the culture, and who wouldn't want to be part of a scene that's really aware of its history and the state of contemporary music? So, like I said, everything's great, except it's also kind of not. See, first among the problems was that because the scene was ever-expanding, 
the big record labels started promoting and outright manufacturing bands to appeal to it. It was a large market from their perspective and totally untapped. So that didn't make a lot of old guard people very happy because they saw it as inauthentic corporate culture invading their grassroots movement. And so there was this kind of authenticity gap between what you heard on the radio and what you listened to at home. And this was one of those first rules that popped up. You had to listen to stuff that was goth and not listen to stuff that wasn't goth. And again, very, very arbitrary as to what that meant. And because there was so much mainstream attention, you had a number of people who weren't really interested in the culture who dressed up on the weekend in capes to invade the scene. Even I was questioned a couple times by people who wanted to know the best clubs to go to where they could pick up freaky chicks. So that made people who were interested a little uneasy and, you know, justifiably so, because questions like that are just plain creepy. And so people became even more guarded. Uh, there was a lot of questioning the way people dressed. So now you had ideas of how to dress goth or how to not dress, dress goth. And so people in the scene became very xenophobic and just paranoid in general, really. So there was a lot more scrutiny of who was going out to the clubs by the people in the clubs. So that made things even worse because this authentic authenticity thing was starting to drive like away new young people because they didn't have the same wealth of knowledge that the older people had. And I mean, how could they? They just started getting interested in it. So no one who was in the scene already, or at least very few people who were in the scene already, were embracing young and new people. And instead, they were very suspicious and judgmental. And so all the regulations, xenophobia, derision, made it very unappealing to get involved. So by the early 2000s, everything pretty much fell apart. In the year of the primal form, the dawn of terrestrial birth, man mastered the mammoth and horse, Man was the Lord of the earth. He made him and followed him from the heart of an holy spirit. He covered the earth therein. Man was the Lord of the beast. Deep mouth from their throne. Deep seated. Deep mouth from their throne. Deep seated. Deep mouth from their
That was just Tristesse de la Lune, which is a band from Germany, oddly enough. And the track name is Geheime Zeitchen from uh, Nineveh. Time is moving. It's, uh, it was a project that was started by some members of Blut Engel, which a uh, very famous band there. It was released in 2005. Uh, before that was Ex Voto with I Can See Right Through You, which came out on a compilation, at least I have it on a compilation, uh, from 2007, Gospels from Your Stereo, Volume 2. But uh, Ex Voto was very, very rooted in 90s goth, that is for certain. And uh, The House of Usher, another artist, uh, or another project, I suppose, that was uh, very, again, very heavily rooted in 90s goth. This was one of their last offerings, I believe, from 2005. Radio Cornwall was the name of the disc. The track was The Man with the Dead Eyes. So in goth, everything pretty much fell apart immediately. Um, it was not a slow process of winding down. I remember going out to clubs of 400 people, and then the next year there was literally nothing left. Very, very little anyway. It, it just overnight kind of imploded, uh, which I guess makes sense given the fact that it exploded in popularity and often what goes up must come down, and typically how fast it goes up is about as fast as it goes down as well. It's unfortunate because I did have a lot of fun in that whole 90s goth thing, and I think I was the right age for it as I started when I was around 20, and oh, so dramatic and all that fun stuff, yeah. But yeah, you know, I had a lot of fun, but unfortunately it's all gone now. But there's always a new wave. And one that had been picking up a lot of steam since the late 90s was a new form of synth pop, which eventually ended up being labeled future pop. And in any event, it was one of the new facets of the industrial scene. And a lot of people from the goth scene embraced that music as their own was faltering, which kind of caused some problems of its own. But I'm not getting into that tonight. That's a whole other episode. thickened walls around me keeping in my secrets and my fears holding back the tears afraid of being alone wishing to regain
Fidious words with Take Me Back from the album Feel Like Me from 2009, artist out of Germany. Uh, before that was something that used to just wreck my dance floor. It was Neuroactive with Play from the disc Transience. 
released back in 2009. And I'm really not joking. When I used to play that or Icon of Coil or Be Born Beaten, my CD decks would actually skip because literally everyone in the club would be dancing to it. And which of those artists has endured to the present day? Not Neuroactive, unfortunately. I don't really know why that was because they had a bunch of absolute floor stompers. Maybe because they never played in North America all that much. I don't know. And uh, to cap off that set, something that is the poster child for Forgotten Bands, very, very sadly. It's an artist that I only know as Pivot Clouge because I don't even know how to pronounce that, and nobody I know in the modern era has ever even heard of them, with the possible exception of Lloyd, probably. The track is So Gullible, version 2.1, from a compilation called Lethal Injection from Flaming Fish Music, which even that compilation was released all the way back in 1998, which I guess was uh, kind of the beginning of the height of that movement, 1999-ish, 2000. Yeah, it really exploded around 2000, I think. And that was Future Pop. And it and related synthy and poppy forms of music kind of really ruled until the mid-2000s. There were hundreds of bands making music like that, though many of them never really made that big a splash. And even a lot of the ones that did have been completely forgotten, even though we're only talking music from a decade ago. Uh, Regardless, it's still a very important part of music history, and... That ends my tale in the mid-2000s, late-2000s. Just in time for me to have finished. Excellent echo power on the portal. It's alive. Uh, I mean, it's back. My portal back to the 1980s. Finally, the world will know the joys of classic music. Look, someone has come through. Where the hell am I? You're in the ISN radio studios. You've been transported through time. Who are you? What year are you from? Autonemesis, 1985, Miami. This is amazing. It, It worked. Have you come to bring us dark records from the past? Joy Division? Secure? I don't know much about those, but I got your dark music right here.
curious. This is not music from R1980s. It's like he's from an alternate universe. You're saying he's from a past that never existed? How can that be? I may have forgotten to carry a one somewhere in the mail. I do that sometimes. I knew this was going to cost me. We have to send him back to where he's from. We're going to need more power. You want more power? You've got it.
This music, it's incredible. That's it, Echo, you've done it. The portal has powered up again. Auto Nemesis, you must go through in order to return to your own time. All right, fine. I'm history. Take this tape before I go. It's got a special track from one of my buddies, Valkyrie. And that one is from your past. But how? No time to explain. Just keep doing what you're doing. We'll meet again. One day. The label says 8-bit movies and cold wave mix. I have no idea what that means. I guess there's nothing to do but play it.
Well, Edwin, did you learn a little something about the history of music today? Well, yeah, I suppose, but, I mean, my segment was just as long as both of yours. Longer, really. You did a you segment? Did a segment. Sorry. Sorry, I must have zoned out. <sighs> I'll sales always next year. Yeah, I suppose World Goth Day comes but once a year. For all of those of you out there in listener land, if you enjoyed this episode, we would really appreciate your support, as we can't make shows like this without you. Uh, to become a supporter, you can go to isnradio.com, and uh, there's a PayPal link right there to uh, to help out with the cost of covering servers, etc., etc. I didn't ask for donations last year because I wasn't doing that many shows. But now that I'm getting back into the spirit of it, uh, the server costs are mounting and various other things. Or even better would be patreon.com slash isnradio, where you can become a monthly supporter of the show and pick yourself up some neat gear. And uh, that would be an absolutely enormous help to us here at the studio. And with that in mind, from all of us here, happy World Goth Day and... The proceeding has been a presentation of Ravenscroft Media 2015, www.isnradio.com.